Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 137. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. Um, we've got a guest on today, but before we bring on said guest, um, we'll have a little chit-chat. Yes, because um, the guest was actually a few days ago. Yes. This is getting recorded early. So this goes out on a Tuesday, obviously, most weeks. There's the odd exception when you've been walking around Scotland or whatever you're doing. Being busy. It goes a day late, but as a rule, it's a Tuesday, and we normally record on a Monday, so it's one day before... This is actually Thursday. So a lot, a lot of things could have happened. Imagine what could have happened by the time Tuesday comes. Okay, Who will be signed for live? Here's my predictions. One. Um, ooh, you're going to have bigger muscles because you keep going to the gym every morning. <laughs> you're, by the time Tuesday comes, you're going to be absolutely shredded. <laughs> I look completely different. <laughs> um, who's going to sign? I reckon um, Gary Player is going to come out of retirement. Nice. And sign for live. Nice. What's your What's your prediction? <laughs> I'm going to predict that by Tuesday, um, I'm actually going for a genuine live announcement because I think there could be three more because the current roster for the next one has been announced and there's four missing. Coming soon. So, Go on then, who, who, Victor Hovland, I'm going to say it. No wow, reason why. Wow, no reason wow, why. Whoa, I'm say starting it. the rumours. Yeah. Um, well, last week's episode, we did mention at the time of recording, there was rumours about uh, Colin Morikawa going. About half an hour after we'd done the podcast, he'd squashed yeah. those rumours, so I don't think he's going. You heard you were chatting nonsense. But also he puts milk in his bowl first or something, then cereal. Oh, that's a bit weird, that's Very it? random. Um, but yeah, who knows what the world is going to happen in the next four days, but you don't need to worry about that because you guys know. You know that we're wrong in what we've probably said. We talk a lot of rubbish. <laughs> we're like a broken clock right twice a day. Twice a um, day. But speaking um, of things that we got wrong, I've... Um, Go apologise um, to gone? to the guys at Trafford Golf Centre. Actually, um, <laughs> oh, this hasn't taken you long. This to get in. No, well, <laughs> I, the thing is, I, I don't like people that that brag. I don't like people that moan. But my kind of, I want to say now is a bit of both. Really, it's a moan and a brag. Um, we went to the driving range before Trafford Golf <laughs> Centre. Great facility, must add. And you were hitting a few shots with a purpose to see if you could still hit a golf ball. Yeah, I'd not hit a golf ball for about. How long has it been? About 10 days. And obviously a little bit of issue with my foot and a few aches and pains. But actually I could hit the golf ball again. So I'm excited about that because mm. we'll be getting out on the golf course again very soon filming. But uh, Pete Styles, your friend of mine, director yes. of golf there, kind of semi-jokingly. No, no, no. He came <laughs> over. Let, let's set the scene for people listening. He came over and he was chatting to you. He was giving you a big congratulations. And again, rightly so for your... Um, 
incredible walk and the money you've raised for Prostate Cancer UK. And while you two were chatting, I was kind of chipping a little bit and I started hitting some irons at first. He was like, wow, guy, stripe show today. I was like, yeah, uh, in it quite nicely. <laughs> Don't know you how. Can't arrange. Uh, yeah, kind of, it's easy to arrange. Um, anyway, and then you hit a couple and you carried on talking. And next thing I uh, pulled out my driver. Not, not a big deal. Hit a few pretty well. And he... Um, he was like, wow, you're hitting it really good. And he'd also mentioned previously there's a lad who works in American golf who's a big, muscly guy who apparently bombs it, like seriously bombs it. And he's been banned from hitting driver because he hits it too far. And so him and Martin Borgmeyer both banned because they hit the ball a long way. And although it's a long range at traffic, it's a proper serious range. If you're a big, long hitter, you could maybe go past, hit a car. You're not allowed to. So when we were walking back through the shop, Pete pointed at the guy, I can't think of his name now, and George. said, George, that's George, he's the guy we've banned from the driving range. And then little old me was stood there, just not thinking anything about it. He said, oh, and I think you might be banned, guy, when it's wind behind. So when the wind is behind at Trafford Golf Centre, I'm officially uh, banned from hitting driver for being too long of a hitter. Wow. How's that make you feel? Five. I'm a bit gutted, but I'm sure. Five, five, whatever. You're not banned. He asked you to hit it harder, if anything. No, because I hit it really, really accurate. So he said, it's fine. We're going to put a little bucket there in the drive range. <laughs> and even if we have to hang it up in the tree at 300 yards away, you'll hit it, you, every you'll time. Hit it straight in that bucket, so you're fine. Um, but yeah, no, it's quite funny. Yeah, but it was. Uh, we had a little nice little practice session. I can swing the golf club again, so new break 75s will be coming out. Hopefully there'll be no delay. Um, we've also got wind of a big video which i think people we we've probably spoke about on the podcast but that's going to be coming out soon start july oh, where yeah. i play golf with a legend should we announce that a bit should we because we know it's yeah. happening let's you go and go for it so with all things considering everything going to plan video released on friday the 8th of july i've got some bad news there'll be no break 75 that friday but the good news the very very good news is the video that we plan to release on that day is me, little old me, little old golf pro, used to work at a driving range, makes a few videos now and again, playing with, quite simply, a legend of the game. Gotcha, Nick. You have to remind me, how many majors? Uh, I'm going to say eight. I think it was eight. Yeah. With eight-time major winner, Tom Watson. Wow. So that, in its own right, is pretty amazing. That's ridiculous. To sprinkle a little bit more magic dust on there, <laughs> it's at St... Andrews, the old course. Can you sprinkle any more dust or is that the dust settled? I've got two more sprinkles. have got more dust? I've got more dust in my pocket. We should probably talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the other bit of sprinkling dust on this phenomenal, magical pie is... The pie, is it now? I play it with Tom Watson as a team. Yeah. It's me and Tom Watson playing as a team. Yes. But it's still not over yet. Can't the last... Dust. Last little, little scrapes of, I'm saying last little scrapes of dust. It's not, this is huge. <laughs> it's with Tom Watson at the old course, St. Andrews, playing as a team, but we're playing the holes in reverse order. I actually think it's too much goodness. It's too much dust in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I thought you were putting down your, your goosebumps on your arms. <laughs> it's too much goodness in one video. We're spoiling you. Like it's actually so been, good, it's quite a bad video in the end. That could have been four videos yeah, it's in too one. Good. Don't even watch it, it's just too good. No, so, it, it's going to be insane. Um, and what We said this, I think, a couple of podcasts ago, but what a nice guy he was. He's a five-time Open champion, eight-time major champion, and he was an absolutely salt-of-the-earth bloke. He was, he was lovely. So he lovely really with was. his time. Kind of 
was was very switched on to social media mm. and YouTube and you know he really really like gave me some really nice bits of advice he kind of put me at ease which was really nice he stood up on the first tee and we played alternate shots and he went who would would you like to go first I went no please Mr Watson you go first he went hey Rick call me Tom <laughs> I was like okay Tom and uh, he said I'll I'll take the first tee shot he had a couple two practice wings and then just stood up there. And just piped it straight down the middle. Yeah, and it, there's even a little bit of more, even better news to add on top of that, is the fact that there's actually about there's a seven or eight videos altogether yeah, of you um, doing some insane, crazy challenges around the old course. They're all bar this one. The rest are going to live on the Opens YouTube channel. So make sure you go over there and check those videos out. They will be out in the coming weeks. I think arguably this is the best video. Let's be honest. I, I must admit that the original plan was not to put this video on my channel, but I. Spat my dummy out. You did, really did, actually. Like, like a little baby. And I said, I want the Tom Watson video. Give me that. And they've given it me. So well, what I'm was really, really awkward was we were filming with Tom and it was all going really well. And then Tom kind of walked away. And then the R&A guy said, oh, yeah, great day's filming today, Rick. And you said, well, which one's going to my channel? They said, none. You went, what? And you just sat on the 18th screen wouldn't move. <laughs> and then I went it's... over to the cameras. I took the SD cards out of the cameras and I yeah. went over to Swilcombe Bridge. And I, th- I will. I'll drop it. I'll do- yeah, I will do it. I'll drop it. Yeah, I will do it. And then all the footage is gone. If yeah. I can't have it, no one can have it. Yeah. If I can't have Tom, no one can have him. Yeah. So the good news is we've got Tom. So yeah, that's going to be really exciting. <laughs> Loads more videos coming as well. Um, then I'm trying to think what else we've got. We've got another... That had already been out. Presswick's already been out. So we can talk about Presswick. Presswick. So we hinted about it last week in the in the uh, podcast about how it was a, such a magical place. And me, Guy, and Dave Fleming went and played. Um, hopefully everyone's seen it. The viewing figures would suggest everybody's seen it. Hopefully. Even though it's not out yet in our world. It is in your world. Um, <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What an amazing golf course. What an amazing story. Scottish golf, full stop, is incredible. But being at somewhere with some... Well, just a side note, I love golf courses that are new, that are very kind of forward-thinking, that have got amazing like new facilities, and that's great. But you can't beat those places like Presswick with history and heritage, where you almost get goosebumps standing where old Tom Morris stood. When we drove into the car park a couple of weeks ago on that Monday, you instantly went, I love it here. I, I felt it. Because you couldn't just tell, couldn't you? Yeah. It was all the little finer touches, which I think some of these really famous golf courses, they can't they can't just neglect. Yeah. It's the fact that it's got this lovely love little picket fence. The car park is immaculate, tarmac, yes. nice spaces, wide hey, spaces. Wide car parking spaces, and this sounds ridiculous, with really nice white painted lines. Don't know why it makes a big difference. The putting green right outside yeah. the pro sh- or the clubhouse, and it's immaculate, it's perfect, little flags. As you get to the first tee, just, it's subtle. Like the markers aren't all Americanized and, and crazy, but it's just like, yeah, you know what? The only downside of the first hole is there's a big bloody um, railway <laughs> right the way down the right-hand side trying to eat up your golf ball. But little things, this is one of the things you called out a while ago when we did that section on the podcast about little things that make a big difference. You said little tees and stuff. Whilst you walked out of the clubhouse, before you kind of got the little like open doors, you get your scorecards. There was big presswick tees and little presswick tees and pencils. You help yourself. You take half a dozen, you take two dozen, nobody knows. Just such a difference. I just, it's, 
they are nothing things really yeah. i do want to, we've had a few messages from uh, course managers and we had a, a good chat with a course manager that i know really well who thought that every time we we talked about that topic we we're having a dig at him but we weren't but there are things that you just collect from all these little lovely golf courses and all these established places and go oh, that's nice i like that touch that's and it, it's all those little touches that does just make it magical Quick spoiler then, if you've not listened, Rick's going to announce his score on the Brick 75, so maybe skip forward 30 seconds or so. What did you shoot again? Can you remember? I shot two over par. So you shot... 73. So you played well, yeah. So I was three over through four. Yes. I had a terrible start. I bogeyed the first two after three put in. I parred the par five, and I bogeyed the par four next after another three puts. Then I steadied the ship, went on a nice run of pars, hit the flag, almost a hole in one on nine, and then I must admit the last five or six holes i don't for, for as, as close as i've remembered i can't remember having as much control over my golf ball in recent months mm. like that was really controlled yeah. that that par five down after that par three and i nailed drive and i stood there with three with just knowing i was going to hit it well i came up a little bit short but the next hole amazing driver three iron into the heart of the green three put annoyingly but it was there there was yeah. signs that good golf is starting to happen because now my last four rounds on break 75 we've had marriott which was a nice confidence booster yeah. i think that was a 72 or a 71 i can't quite remember now but it was, it was break 75 anyway then i went and did um saint andrews mm-hmm. the week after that was a 72 level par then i went and did raw rhythm yeah where i had a blip on the last hole the double bogey on the last hole to shoot 75 but i can live with that and then um presswick 73 yeah no it's been good golf it's been a a good level where you've not absolutely shut the lights out, but you've played really well to enjoy it. You've not let your head get to you. You've kind of... That was good, the fact that you were three over through four at Presswick, but still steady the ship. Because that's something that gets in your head sometimes naturally. And you go, oh, well, I'm not going to probably do it today. They'll try and chase birdies. And next thing you're eight over or whatever. Well, there was a really good turning point. So after the blind par three, yeah. I hit a nice shot there and made a nice par. That was a lovely hole. The next hole, I threw, flew it over yes. the green because I had a bad line on the left. And I got up and down and hold like a good 10-footer for par. And I went on to birdie the next. Mm. And it's even just those two holes switched the whole thing around. Because yeah. if I'd have made bogey there and maybe bogey on the next, I'm suddenly thinking, oh my, this is a big score. But making par and then birdie, I'm suddenly going, actually, I can salvage this. I can get this back. So yeah, there's definitely t- turning points in rounds of golf. You know what's mad? Speaking of... Um I was going to try and do a little segue. Turning points didn't quite work, so I forget I said that. But although it's only halfway through the golf season, we're already getting to the little point where we're starting to hear little snippets about next year's clubs, which is crazy. And Titleist have just sneakily kind of launched with their tour players, the new drivers. So there's going to be, I think there's going to be three to start off with, and they are called, that was a bit weird, they are called Titleist TSR. Two, three, three. and a four. So apparently... I like the name TSR. Yeah, I quite like it. They look... So we'll put some images up here if you're watching the podcast of them. If you're listening, just Google it or look on uh, Rick's Facebook. He's put some pictures on there already. Um, there's the two and the three. So that's quite common that Titus do that. They have a two and a three. And normally the three is a more pear-shaped profile, typically for your better player. And then your two is a bit more kind of a, a bigger... What would you, how would you describe Slightly it? Slightly more forgiving. Yeah, but... Yeah. I think in some like ways... Like the bigger footprint. Yeah, that seems to have in some ways these has changed because that used to always be the way, wasn't it? If you're a good player, you don't even try the two normally or whatever. You just go for three. You do see like on tour now, some guys switch between the two Big or whatever. Time. And then the four is lower spin again. So that is your super low spin driver. So again, for your typically your elite golfer or your super high spin player who wants lower spin, 
And will they bring out a TSR one? I believe so. So, be so that yeah. will be a much more kind of slower club head speed driver. So typically maybe a senior golf, maybe a female yeah. golfer, or just anyone who's got slower club head speed and wants a bit more help getting the ball airborne. I'm not fully sure yet about the kind of new innovations within them, but I know, again, we'll hear more ball speed, more forgiveness, high launch. Titleist, like Ping, typically release a driver every two years. And what Titleist do is they give it to their athletes now around the kind of July, June kind of part of the year. They'll put it in play. You'll see it, obviously, in tournaments and stuff like that. And then it'll be available at retail, I think, around September, October. I'll certainly get start testing it in September time. Exactly. And then it'll be out for two years. So it's a two-year cycle. What do you think of Titleist drivers, not only in performance of the last number of years, but in terms of this cycle and the fact they announced them a bit earlier, what what do you think on that? Well, first off, let me talk about the looks of these new ones because they, they look, and I've seen a few actual video clips, not just artistic shots. Seen, they look bloody amazing yeah. this year. Like really simple, like an almost um, a kind of a nod of the hat to the um, oh, what was it called? The one that was like triangular shape. Oh, Can you remember um, that was? I think it was a nine nine oh nine. I think it was later than that. Oh, it might. Oh, it's there was me. a triangular shape one drive that was a D something. I have to touch it. The bottom of it had that kind of line or almost like a seam all the way through it. Yeah. And this has kind of quite a lot of similarities to the new TSR line. The 907 D1. Yeah. yeah. So these new ones have that kind of, they look a little bit similar in some mm. senses. The tight list from what I've seen is very much tucked up near the yeah. toe. The TSR 2 and 3 is right down near the heel where the loft normally is. But on top, it's super, super, super clean. Um, I think tight list... Well, they, they obviously make very good products. It's just very interesting that it, it's not the ones that... I'd almost be surprised when we go to driving range, let's say, and you're walking down the line, you see a lot of tailor-made drivers. Yeah. You see a lot of Callaway drivers. You see a lot of Ping drivers. You see a lot of Cobra drivers. Don't feel like you see a lot of Titleist drivers. Mm. Like, And if they do, it's normally a player that's got a tour bag. Yeah. And everything through the bag is tight list. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like somebody who maybe uses tailor-made irons would end up going using a tight list driver. And I'm sure there's people listening right now going, well, I, I do that. But yeah, I yeah. feel like as a majority, it's not something you see very often. I think tight list, when I was in a rat, well, I was kind of just really getting into golf. And it was probably around, I think now, late 90s, early 2000s, tight list drivers were the one. It was everything. Yeah, the 975J, the 975D so before good. that, the 975JVS. Um, they were the drivers that people, certainly more serious golfers and, navigated and like towards. And like the 983K and all those ones. Like. The 983E as well, that was the kind of more squashed one. And they actually tight list his um, slogan back then, and it might have been even for, well, it was for a long time after, was serious clubs for serious golfers. And I think that was positive and negative for the brand because it was positive because your serious golfers saw them as being the, the, the elite drivers they were very serious they didn't have any gimmicky marketing really but your high handicappers weren't really serviced because back in those days you would get two drivers normally and or even one and they weren't very forgiving at all and i think i'd only really say probably since the last maybe even since ts and tsi they've become a bit more of a driver for your average golfer really do you think it's going to just take time for mass sales then? Yeah, but even so, if I had a friend who was kind of semi-getting into the golf and wanted to buy a new driver, obviously, typically, you'd point someone more in the second-hand market for value. But if they said, look, it's my 30th birthday, I want a brand-new driver, 
what should I go and try? And they were of a, a you know a, a mid twenties handicapper. Even now, I'd probably say go and try Ping, uh, maybe try a Cobra, maybe try a Callaway. I wouldn't really think to say go and try a Titleist, would you? No, I wouldn't. No, and even like I was chatting to a guy earlier today, and he said I'm, I'm kind of getting back into golf, but I didn't want to buy any clubs. My mate lent me some irons. I said, oh, what were they? He just said Titleist blades, mm. and and. It almost to to him, and I asked him, "All right, is there no other forgi- more forgiving models?" He went, "No, I just had tightless blades." It's almost tightless still have that connection to blades and better players and Adam Scott and players like that. That's like it, they're aspirational yeah. in a sense that I want to get to that level to be able to play that golf club. But it's not as if it's like it's just not mass. And obviously, golf ball they've got is mass. Yeah, Pro V One or any of the line of golf ball is mass. Most golf balls you find the golf course. A tight list, aren't they? Really, because yeah, they're, num- they're number one selling golf ball. Um, it doesn't wouldn't massively surprise me if a slightly higher handicapper had Vokey wedges, mm-hmm. which are also owned by Titleist, or a Scotty Cameron putter, again owned by Titleist. But certainly with the drivers, it just doesn't seem to transcend into this kind of newer golfer. Well, that's it. They do definitely service them with with irons like the T two hundreds, T three hundreds. They're there as more forgiving. But yeah, I think it's more of a whole brand, and so it's like the metals in particular. You don't you don't feel like you see in as many bags of, of high handicappers and mid handicappers, but they are very good drivers. I think they kind of lost their way in some of the models. So the nine ten was a great driver. Um, nine thirteen and nine fifteen were all right. Nine seventeen, and then you had a couple. The, the, the TS I think was the first one that really felt like they kind of hit hit the ground running again. TSI was very good as well. So very interested to see what these new drives are like i think the fact they have longer cycles like ping do is good i think more brands should do that so i was going to turn the phone over get another text um but yeah interested to see them yeah i'm i am i think they look amazing um should we get our guest on yeah so um just a quick then rick give us a little 30 second intro into who this guest is and why it's such a good we've recorded this episode so we know it's a good one it it is actually i didn't know what the story was going to be like Mm. but it's a phenomenal one i think you're going to really enjoy it so we've got an american on the show today george bryan he came in in real life because he was over here attempting to qualify for the open now george bryan and his brother wesley bryan you may have seen him online as the bryan bros back in 2015 they set up an instagram page where they were doing trick shots but quite simply they had two brothers and a sister and it's a whole family of golf which you'll hear in the podcast all with aspirations of being tour players now in this conversation it's quite interesting because george and wesley very close brothers only a couple of years apart both had the same dream one of those brothers achieved their dream Mm. wesley went on to win on the PJ Tour and is now still a PJ Tour player. George, who we've got on the podcast today, didn't unfortunately fulfill those dreams, but he's decided to go down a slightly different route. So for me, it's such a phenomenal story because I think often you might hear the story of Wesley, who made it. You know, he's he's reached his dreams, but you never always hear the story of the brother that didn't make it. Mm. And he's still incredibly um he's done very well in his own right but just in a very different way. Yeah, it's, it's it was a story that I knew little elements of in a sense of I knew who George and Wesley are. I knew they had a YouTube channel. I knew one of them had gone on to PJ Tour and won the PJ Tour. But bar that, other than bits of content I've kind of dipped into, didn't know a great deal. But this is about an hour-long interview, kind of chat. It's it's very honest. It's really interesting. 
Um, make sure you stick around and listen to this because I think you'll learn some interesting stuff and it's a um, good way of passing time if you're on a run or if you're on a walk. Without further delay, make sure you like, subscribe to the podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. The, the videos are doing great now, so I really appreciate that. And without further ado, this is our little chat with George Bryan. Well, George, thanks for coming on the podcast, yeah, absolutely. pal. It's nice to have you over here in, in England. Yeah, no, this is this is amazing. It feels like an honor to be, A, just inside the studio. You know, we watch all the videos and see, like, the studio, and so it's cool to be actually in here uh, being a part of the interview. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. Well, I'm excited because you've had quite a busy few weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a lot of golf, bit of sightseeing. Yeah. Bit of figuring out the difference between fries and chips, I believe. <laughs> Which was an amazing place. I mean, out of all places, I learned that in a McDonald's or a Mackey's, as I've learned. Yes. It's called <laughs> nice. Or a Mackey D's. <laughs> they call yeah. fries. Yeah. Question. In America, we have it over here now, McDonald's or Mackey's a lot, that you want a McFlurry or a milkshake and the machine's always out of order. Is that the same that's, in America? That's part of the course over in America. That's one of the, like, is that is that the thing over here? Yeah. Too? 100%. Yeah. So, it's, so it's, a, basically it's a pandemic. Yeah, it's on purpose. It's new, they're, they're doing another it on purpose. pandemic. Why is McFlurries that? McFlurries everywhere <laughs> across the world are out of, out of service. <laughs> I think it's so they can kind of bring you back. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I keep talking about this idea that when I've got my kids into golf, I take them away when they're having the most amount of fun. Yes. I think McDonald's do it where they go, well, you can't have it this time, but next time you might be able to have it. It's almost like this part of like yes. mystery. I do like him at Flurry. It's amazing conspiracy theory. Yeah. Anyway, George, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm so intrigued to dive into your life because mm-hmm. you know at the moment you are a golf professional mm-hmm. who's just played an open qualifying. That's why you're over here. You are um, a content creator, a YouTuber. And you have you've been a social media kind of star for quite a long OG, time. OG, I would say. Yeah, you yeah. were one of the original, original OG kind of trickshot artists. You and your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's quite fascinating, really. And obviously, the whole background of your family, like your your dad's a golf mm-hmm. professional, isn't yep. it? You've got a ranch at home where you all practice and play. Yep. Like a farm, they're just farming these amazing golfers, <laughs> right? And you're, yeah, yeah. you're just kind of one of them. Obviously, your younger brother Wes mm-hmm. has done pretty well on mm-hmm. PJ Tour, which we'd like to dive into as well. Absolutely. Kind of was was this always the plan? Was this like the Serena Williams plan of like golf potentially? Was there any was how did it start from early? Did you start really early or were you late into it? Kind of dive into the, almost the early days of George Bryant playing golf. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's golf's all I know. So when I was two years old, three, one, I, I honestly don't know, but my dad would take me with him to the golf course. He would teach lessons. And he'd say, Hey, you know, just come on, tag along. So I'd go watch him teach lessons, um, fart around, hit golf balls, but always had a golf club in my hand somehow. And then by age seven to eight, I was kind of not taking it seriously, but like, I want to practice. I wanted to get better. Um, and so from an early age, all I wanted to do is golf. Um, and that trans um, goes to high school, college, and I knew I wanted to be a golf pro, play professional golf on the PGA Tour. That was my goal. Um, and if that didn't work, I'd teach golf like my dad did. So, like, the backup plan was always golf. Um, but I always thought it would probably be the more generic – or not generic, but the, you know, normal, you know, hey, if you don't make it on tour, teach lessons, have a golf academy, uh, work with my dad, whatever. But then, like you said, 2014 comes, and we, me and my brother kind of stumble into the social media realm, and it was kind of on the back end of my playing career. Not back end, but, like, started playing Battle of the Mini Tours, and I was like, well, i got to make money somehow. 
Um, and yeah, so that's how the social media thing started. And it, but it's been never thought I'd be over here doing an open qualifying and creating content around that is my like job. But it's um, in the same time I knew. Well, I mean, I mean, I didn't know, but like I thought it would. My life would, my job would be golf. Yeah. Um, no, just it's way different than I thought. But honestly, I think it's way more amazing um, than even playing on the PJ Tour. And we'll probably dive into that more. But like, I thought I'd to be like fill my dreams. I had to play the PJ Tour, but this is way sweeter because I can spend more time with my family, um, raise a family, um, and still uh, be in, involved in the game I love. It's probably quite similar to my story to a degree, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you know, a hundred percent when you were when you're a kid growing up, oh. you have these ambitions of being a tour player. Mm-hmm. And when I realised I wasn't good enough, I, I knew I could move into coaching. Mm-hmm. And then, like I say, social media came around. I kind of started very similar time mm-hmm. to you. I was about yeah. 2012 when I started uh, doing social media. It, it suddenly now we get to put our golf shoes on every day. Yeah, but it's in a different light, like. Mm-hmm. We, instead of cleaning our clubs, we clean our camera lenses. <laughs> and, instead, you know, instead of yes. analysing our round afterwards, we, we look, edit a video, yeah, look, you know. Look the footage, I think yeah. that's the thing, though, as well. We've said this before on the podcast, but and this for anyone that's young listening or got dreams of, of being a, a golfer on tour, then absolutely go for it. But what's also reassuring is there's so many amazing jobs and opportunities mm-hmm. within golf that aren't playing, yeah. whether that be a yeah. coach, whether that be a custom fitter whether that be a brand rep on the tour, you know, working with the best players in the world and that one-to-one relationship. There's so many exciting opportunities out there. It's it's good. Well, even the three of us now sat around the desk, we all work in golf, but in such different capacities And we all want to well. be players growing up, and yeah. now we're probably the worst, well, definitely the worst of the three of us. But no, it's... Um, it's crazy. It's, yeah. So at home right now, des- describe the home setup, because I've kind of seen it mm-hmm. on your Instagram and stuff. Have you got like a driving range almost at your house? So in uh, my parents' house in Chapin, well, like you guys know where Chapin is. Uh, but anyway, my hope, my where is par- it? Uh, South Carolina, uh, about an hour away from Aiken, Augusta. Okay, yeah, that's, that's the easy way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's about an hour from Augusta. Um, anyway, my parents, uh, they bought this piece of property in 2000. Uh, I was a junior, so 2004, and my dad knew he wanted to like have his golf academy on our house. Um, wow! And so he built this kind of like very rustic. Uh, all, I mean, you got to have a vision. It's not going to be the. It's not going to have all the bells and whistles. It's not going to be the prettiest, but it's going to be super effective. Um, we have a place where you can hit full drivers, and it's down like a power line alley that's fifteen yards wide with power lines in the middle. So you kind of got to fade it or draw it around and hitting in the fairway. And oh yeah, avoid the neighbors that are you know wow. eighty yards left. Um, I don't fancy that. <laughs> so we have a place where you can hit drivers, but then there must be good players hitting drivers only. Yeah, most people don't really ever because uh, it's very intimidating um but you know you have drivers then you have a wedge range in our backyard um then we have two bays inside that you know for this um with v1 cameras to you know oh. do the lessons um a kind of chipping putting wedge green um where you get some bunker shots too but again we have everything you need but it's just going to be kind of scruffy it's not going to look the best but it's going to be super effective and it's i mean as a kid and it, oh and it's lit um the little chipping greens lit so like <laughs> As a high schooler, it's a cool place to like just go and practice. And, um, but it's, yeah. If you could describe the quality to our audience, like, let's say, let's say, if (laughs) you've got Augusta, (laughs) if Augusta had done this, that's the 10, yeah, the 10 of the 10. And if literally done it on the worst budget ever, that's a one. Where does the Bryant Golf Ranch kind of sit? Um, so the experience is an eight out of 10. Okay. For sure. Uh, quality. 
Uh, well, we've got new, newer golf balls. You got some nice Pro Vs in there now, some uh, that you can find. So that bumps it up to a probably a two, <laughs> three, maybe. Really? Is that is that how? It's just. I mean, you know, it's going to look. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know what kind of grass. I mean, it's Bermuda grass, but it's kind of like your backyard grass. Mm-hmm. Um, artificial turf on the greens. Um, some good, like when my dad overseeds, there'll be some good like patches in the winter um, where you can hit wedges, full wedges. But for the most part, it's going to be. You know, it's not going to be Augusta National um, quality, but, like, you really do, you know, you get to use your magic because there's trees everywhere, so you get to work on shot shaping around trees, hit high shots, low shots, and you really, like, the thing that's the most important in the game, as we all know, is our mind, our imagination, our creativity, and, like, this place is, is what it's built on. And my dad knew that, and he's always preached as, hey, it's not about how good your golf swing is, it's not how, you know, how Technical, solid. Yeah. perfect, it's, like, it's making it your work. your shot, um, you know, hone your, hone your routine in, and, um, just get creative, and that's what this place is. So yeah, but it's 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 an, it's an amazing place. I must admit, I, I've heard these stories before about kind of like even just shot shaping, and it, I can always imagine this idea: if you put a golfer of any real ability behind like a tree mm-hmm. or, or like a power line, or what you're talking about, and give them enough time and enough golf balls, they'll learn how mm-hmm. to shape it yes. around the tree or the power line because. Yeah. We can do it. Anybody who swings a golf, they can work mm-hmm. a way to make it happen. And probably what you've experienced at the ranch, do you call it the ranch, by uh, the way? We call, uh, we call it anything. Uh, GBGA, the George Ryan Golf Academy, the facility. Um, Is that your dad's name, George, yeah, as well? Yeah, I'm the fourth. Are you? Yeah, G4. There you go. That's quite cool. So so you've got all, you've got this kind of place. Now, I, I can imagine it kind of being growing up. Mm. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Like you and your brother. Any other siblings? Uh, sister. She played golf. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, she played in college, College Charleston, uh, four years. Uh, four year starter. Play, played in almost every event. So yeah, she was. She got into the game late, but she be, she became like really good, uh, really scrappy too. And you, and probably learned in from from <laughs> oh, where yeah. you where you oh, are. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of it. It probably brings that kind of grit out in you. We had this conversation with Lee Westwood a few weeks ago about about grit from players, and I feel like sometimes if you're too pampered and everything's perfect, yep. you don't develop that real kind of grit and that determination. And like you say, I'm, I'm sure where you practice, you've got to go and sh- pick up the own, your own yep. golf balls. It's not the perfect grass. It's not everything's perfect. But that's kind of, I, I kind of like that. I, I think that's got a, a level of authenticity And at your house it. as well. I yeah. mean, that must be, as a junior with your brother and your sister growing yeah. up, that would be my idea of heaven shipping well, comps and yeah, backspin oh, yeah. comps and shipping the whole contest late at night i mean just i mean sh- t- uh, sh- tears were shed many a time uh, i can imagine where you argued oh yeah you cheated was, uh, you did this you pushed my ball away you did yeah. th- no it was it was a lot of fun so from this early age were you always taught by your dad mm-hmm. so you da- and, and does he still give you lessons now yeah so basically he um Start when he was playing kind of full time or whatever. He would he got, he started getting lessons from Mike Bender, and that became kind of his mentor. And when he got more into teaching, he kind of just taught the way Mike Bender taught, and kind of taught his. Is that uh, a little bit stuck and tilt. So it's kind of like you know that's what the people think of it as, like because that's kind of what a lot of his players look like. But I don't, honestly, don't know how to describe it. But it's just kind of his own ideology on uh, swing. Anyway, Dad starts teaching that, and that's kind of what we learn and so we go down and take lessons from Mike um you know probably once a year but it, it was all for you know 99 percent of the year it was all through dad that's who we um we kind of learned from and so yeah it was and that's you your brother and your mm-hmm. sister yep and then yeah and, 
And he took lessons as he took clients as well, students. Yeah. So students will come to the house yep. and have lessons off your dad. Yeah. And you you guys were there and you were either practicing or messing about or falling out mm. or like yeah. that's crazy. How did he in that day then? How did he like market himself? Because I guess it's before social media, obviously, yeah. and it's not at a golf course. How did he have a client base? So my dad he started his golf academy in ninety two, I believe, or ninety three. And so from ninety three till now he was kind of you know, in Columbia, where we were, everyone just wanted to know, like, if you want to take, like, golf lessons, he was one of the guys. Um, and so, all word of mouth. Um, and I guess as we come along, we start playing well. Me and Wesley start playing well in junior golf. So then they say, oh, well, let's, you know, check out, you know, my dad. But no, it was just all, he just grew up where I guess he worked um, his whole life in the golf industry. So he just kind of, his name was around around town. And, but no, it was all grassroots, word of mouth. Um and I mean, now it's, you know, some social media stuff people will go to him because they see minor Wesley posts or, you know, he has a little presence, um, but not really. Um, so, but no, it's all 100% grassroots. And was that ever hard having lessons off your dad? Very. You know, because <laughs> I, I, I do think there's some level of, of conflict if you have a, a lesson from a family member. Like I, I remember trying to teach my wife to play golf one time. It was the worst how'd experience that, of our go? lives. We nearly didn't get married because of it. It was like, it was just awkward because it's, it's and she wasn't meaning to be awkward, yeah. but I'd ask her to hold the club in a certain way. She goes, I don't like that. You say, why is your smash factor only 1.41? <laughs> she's like, Rick, come on, I've been playing for two weeks. <laughs> it's like, I, I, you know, I was saying to her, you've got to hold, and she's like, look to me, I went, I don't like it. I don't want to hold it like that. Can I not hold it like this? And I'm like, no, you can't hold it like this. Where you don't get that if you go to somebody that's not in the family. You know, if you're going to go and pay for a golf lesson and they tell you to hold it in that way, you're going to hold it yeah. that way. You know, you're not going to argue back. You know, it's a bit like I can imagine in the future when my kids learn how to drive. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I'm not going to teach them how to drive. 100%. Because, I, I mean, I never experienced it because my mum my and dad never taught me how to drive. So I did. My dad would give me lessons. I can imagine like, it. Oh, it was frustrating. And I'd have my actual paid for lessons and I'd be like, listen to everything they say. Yeah, and it's probably the same advice. Yeah. But when it comes from a, your parent or it comes from a family member, mm. It's sometimes you, you kind of want to fight back. You almost want to, you know, not take that information on. Was that, you seem to be nodding in agreement there. Is that kind of something that did happen? Um, w with Wesley, about every time. I, I <laughs> They argued. Yes. Um, and who knows what Wesley actually does now. But uh, anyway, um, me, dad from an early age, um, he was way smarter than probably I would have ever been. But he, probably from seven or eight, he was like, hey, I'm not going to teach you. You're going to go teach for my, like get lessons from my assistant. And I'm like, Okay, well, whatever. Um, and they probably didn't. I mean, they were pretty good, but not like my dad knew way more. Yeah. But he knew that he was. We were his kids, and he's very stubborn, and he doesn't want to. He didn't want to listen to his parents, so he knew that we're not going to want to listen. So, yeah. um, you know, that's he did a great job of like putting giving us lessons by their. He would have his he would have his eyes on us and like make sure we didn't get too far off. But um, you know, when we get a little down the road, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, started getting a little better and more aware. Then that's when we start, hey, Dad, what do you think about this? And he kind of let us ask the questions. Um, but there's still moments like, you know, as, then when we get into high school, we obviously, we're, like, we're not, we're going to take lessons from Dad, but it's going to be more like um, we're not afraid to kind of get in those arguments or my dad's not afraid to like kind of, hey, this is what it's going to be. He's not going to tell that to a six-year-old. No. Um, <laughs> but um, there were still those moments where you're like, I don't want to, I don't Dad, I'm not doing that. Okay, I want to do it my way. And so there'd be those moments like you would have the we would have the fights. 
Um, oh my god! It was anything crazy, but it was just it was just funny. Like two got two you know good golfers, button heads, yeah, and yeah. You know, me being a young kid thinking I know it all. Um, and oh uh, yeah, but Wesley was way more kind of free spirit. He wanted to do it his way. Now he would listen to dad's what dad had to say, um, and kind of spin it into something that fit him. Right. Um, he always knew more about the golf swing and cause and effect. Where me, I was needed. I needed to be told kind of like what to do, and then oh okay, this makes sense. But Wesley yeah. could kind of figure it out on his own. Um, is where is where's the middle child? And uh, <laughs> him now, him and my dad definitely butted heads more. But no, it was it was it was a fun dynamic because now the older we get, the more we appreciate I appreciate that now because a it kept me wanting to like, hey dad, what do you think about my golf swing and trust and built that trust where like he didn't say, hey son, you're gonna swing like this and where you know five years down the road you're like. Listen, my dad. He's like just kind of drill sergeant. From what you're saying, though, obviously he's a golf professional himself, and mm-hmm. a, right, he's a very well respected golf coach. His three children are playing golf, but yeah, he doesn't sound pushy from what you say yeah. at all. Was oh. he very chilled with you when you played a tournament? If you had a bad round, would he not be hard on you? No, he um, he always told us, like, "Hey, if you want to play golf, that's fine. I'd love for you to, but if you don't want to play golf, find something you're passionate about." I must admit, I'm just I'm listening to story, and obviously, I'm thinking of myself. I'm in a very similar position to to your dad in some mm-hmm. degree. About I've not got a, a Golf driving range at my house yeah. yet. 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 <laughs> yeah. But when, when, yeah, as soon as I finish this, yeah. I'll be like on the phone yeah. to your dad. So, what did you do? Um, but I'm constantly working out, and I know a lot of listeners will will take this information and as valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm very conscious that I don't want to either push my kids into it. Yep. I want them to enjoy golf if they enjoy golf, mm-hmm. but I also want them not to burn out. Like yep. I feel like you could have been at risk with having sure. all the facilities that you had, all the three of you, of, like, becoming sick of golf. Mm. Like, golf was properly your life yeah. from, from day dot. And like I say, you were wanting to be a professional, mm. but it must have been a very tough balance to make sure that you didn't just turn up one day and go, mm. can't be asked. Like, golf is literally in my house. Just uh, get away. I'm quitting golf. Yeah. I'm never playing again. Did that ever happen? Or did it not? And how? if it didn't, how did it not? Like, was there a, was there a secret ingredient? Um, I really, I really think it has to I mean it has to be how dad handled us when we were, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, that kind of informative years when you're kind of wanting to play sports and do everything. And he never, like most, I mean, what we see, most parents just like force golf or basketball, whatever sport it is. And like, Hey, you're going to pl- practice eight days a week. You're going to, you know, every day, <laughs> eight days a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like ridiculous. And he was always like, Hey, just find something you're passionate about and we're going to support it. Um, you know, whether it's golf. What he said, well, it's golf or chasing women. And, uh, Dad, what are you, like, come on. I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and so that, like, allowed us to basically learn to love it for ourselves, not because our dad wanted us to. That's good. Um, and what we saw, like, especially as, as PGA pros, like, their kids are done with golf by their 18 because, you know, yeah. you're, you're, I'm a golf pro and I want my kids to play, and they force them into it. And, and it kind of stinks because, you know, you see a lot of talented junior golfers not make it past 20 because, you know, their, their parents, you know, put them in these IMG academies and all golf all day, every day, and they don't really like it. They're good at it, but they don't like it. And so then once they have that decision to make it for them or that decision to make themselves, they're like, I'm done. Because if it's going to be a career, you have got to love mm-hmm. it. You've got, to, you've Absolutely. got to at least enjoy it or tolerate it. I and, think, you know, you can't hate it. And I think it's so easy to fall down that trap of, of being 
golfed out uh-huh. at an early age and just going, I can't, I'm done. I'd rather just go and play a different sport, like almost completely rebel. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with golf. Is obviously, we sat here, love golf. The listeners and w- listening and watching love golf. But equally, it is a kind of sport where you can understand why somebody wouldn't like yeah. it or would get yeah. bored of it. And, it's pretty hard. And that, it is just that, <laughs> that chasing perfection, which we obviously, we come back time and time again for. But equally... You can understand if someone's putting effort in and not getting much better or struggling, yeah. it's so easy to go, I've had enough of that and quit. So early days, how did the rank go? Obviously, you're the older brother. Whereas then what's your sister called, sorry? Very chiller. MC, you call her MC. MC. It's slightly easier, easier for yeah. me to pronounce. <laughs> um was there a ranking? was it were you was there any signs that anyone was slightly better at that time or was it just really competitive? Did you all have your strengths? Kind of how did it work kind of from an from an early age? I mean, I was a dominant force at the early age. <laughs> I was like, I what's was the gap between you and Wes? Two years, and so then two and years then, again, or then four years okay. uh, between them. So six years, so two, then six. Um, but yeah, so my sister didn't really start playing until like high school. She played her whole life, but never like she danced and she didn't really love golf until really probably middle of high school is when she like actually wanted to practice. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and so it was kind of cool. But then Wesley. And I, early age, same basic, basic track, but I was always better than he was at an early age because I hit the ball better, longer. But his short game from a very early age was elite. Like, he just, he when I would want to go to the driving range, he would just want to go to the golf course or chipping green and putt and chip. Really? And so we were, that's why kind of our games are exact opposite. My swing's going to look better than his, even now, where I don't play or practice as much, but it's always going to look better than his, where he around the greens is just a freak, honestly, because he learned, like, that's what he fell in love with when he was seven, eight years old. Um, and so once, I mean, obviously he would beat me some in those kind of early years, but once we kind of were, you know, 12, 13, 14, kind of that same ish kind of age, it started kind of like going back and forth. And then when we were in high school, it was like, you know, probably 60, 40 me. And then college is when it kind of went more, it just depended on the season. Like it would be half and half, but like summer golf, he always beat me for whatever reason, but then college golf, I would always dominate him. And then t- when we turned pro is when it finally, like, was probably the most even. Like, Did you turn pro at the same time? He was – well, I turned pro in 2010, and he was still in college. But 2010, 11, and 12, it was pretty similar. And then 2012 is kind of when he started kind of, like, overtaking me, him beating me a little more. But, no, early age. And what would you have put that down to at the time? I mean, I so when I turned pro- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Bro, I came out of college playing really good and thought I'd, one year I'll be on the PJ Tour, maybe two years, whatever. And at, um, that po- at that point, were you almost like, that's where I'm headed? Yeah. Did all the stars align to that? Like, yeah. we, were you doing so good in college that, that it almost looked like, yeah, yeah. this is what you're going to get to? Yeah, it would have been, I mean, uh, as, it would have been a lock, is like what most people would think. You know, top 10 player in the country my senior year. Um, or top 20 or whatever it was. Um, and I turned pro, but I, my issue with golf is I always try too hard and want it too bad. And so when I turned pro, I was like, oh, well, I have to practice more. I have to do this. I have to hold on tighter and, like, do what the pros do instead of doing, like – What you'd already been doing. Yeah. And so I th- for whatever reason, and a couple of that with my game got a little bit off, and it was kind of weird because I, never, I hadn't played bad in, like, three or four years, really. Um, and so I just got enough off where it kind of shook some confidence, you know, pro golf was hard, it's hard enough already. Um, and kind of just started struggling or, you know, I had, I qualified for a couple of corn Ferry tour events, um, or one had some successful mini tours, but it was very up and down, like no steady, just getting better, getting better with like, okay, have a good week. And then bam, missed like three cuts in a row, play good. Um, and so that, that time, you know, funds start getting low, Wesley turns pro and he's kind of like, you know, just starting off. Um, so at this time then, was the guys that you went to college with and played with at college that were now on tour and doing well, and we, who, who were they, you know, names that we'll know now, we look at them thinking like, they're doing it, why can't I be yeah. like that? Harris English, Patrick Reed, oh, wow. um, let's see, I'm just Georgia, Hudson Swafford, uh, Billy Horschel, um, who else we got? So really the guys you were, They were the guys you were kind of battling yeah, Billy with Horschel was probably one of the, uh, he was a year older than me, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell Henley, we played a lot together. Um, West Coast, who would have been West Coast during that time? Jamie Lovemark was like the stud um, at my age. Um, he's, I think he's, I don't know if he's on the tour anymore, but he's Corn Ferry. Mm-hmm. He's been PJ Tour for a while. Um, I'm leaving a whole lot of guys off that list, uh, but you know, PJ Tour, multiple PJ Tour winners now. Yeah, yeah. Um, major winners though. Yeah, well. ma- yeah, for sure. Like, I, think, I love. To, I need to look back and see because there's some names you're like, oh man, I was. And were yeah, these guys so cool. doing well when you were kind of missing these cuts on the mini tour as well? Ish. You were looking at them. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were doing fine. Um, wasn't anything crazy, but we would still have similar finishes in a lot of these tournaments. But then, you know, one gets through Q School, gets Corn Ferry, then, you know, next thing they know, they're on PJ Tour, and they're like, whoa. Like, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, yeah. yeah I'm, I was just as good as him. 
Um, Does that give you confidence then as it goes the other way? Because if you know you can beat those guys and have done many mm. a time and now they're on the PJ Tour, you know you've got the ability. Mm. Or does it swing in a way where you're looking thinking, God, they're getting to that place and I'm not there. Yeah. It's definitely the latter. or Is it latter or former? Which one's the latter? latter. Um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of what my, that was my struggle coming along. I had a hard time, like, accept, not accepting. It was like, I mean, I, I was just thinking, why am I not on there? I should be there. Like, what am I doing wrong? Um, so I was kind of... Bi- um, look at it from a place of bitterness, which is obviously unhealthy, not, not good. But the, the older I got, the more I was like, you know what? That's really cool. Like, I mean, who cares? I'm not a PJ tour, but like, I was just as good at them. And it's cool to see them succeeding because they're my friends they're my like counterparts. And so it was more, it turned, it shifted to more like being happy for them, being like excited, like genuinely excited. Um, but no, it definitely is very easy to like kind of fall in that bitterness trap that you're like, well, why not me? Yeah. So that, that through that time as well, you were kind of, and would you put it down to almost just trying too hard? Like, it sure. sounds like you're yeah. almost overanalyzing mm-hmm. all these things as yeah. well. Like, you were you were questioning it. And were you still at this point, you're traveling around a bit more, I guess. Were you still going back to dad for some lessons? Were you still kind of grinding the, at the oh, house? Yeah. Is that all, was that all still happening? Oh, yeah. So the grind, I mean, until 2014, it was, that's all it was. It's just like, you know, going to random places and, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, very not it wasn't the glamorous PJ Tour stops. It was very small town, average golf courses. Um, there's some good ones, but like it wasn't it wasn't glamorous. And I was still you know grinding. So I was like, I'm just as good. Like I can be out there. I've played with guys that are tour winners now. Like I can do this. And you know, mini tour golf is hard. You run out of money. And yeah, 2014, me and Wesley decided to uh, just randomly put a video on the internet, and <laughs> you know, here we are. So, and then who kind of what was the first ever one whose idea was it i don't want i kind of i'm almost gonna delete those videos are so bad <laughs> oh, was this not just on instagram no it was started on instagram and our friends and family like at the church were like oh my god that was awesome and some people would and what com- was that trick it was just like me hitting it i think i chipped it to wesley um i think i chipped it to wesley from like behind her side or whatever and then he hit out of midair. And then I did maybe bounce it up and down and him hitting out of midair. A couple of variations. But that video we got passed around more to, than just like our friends and family. It was like some random people that I didn't know. Like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, like normally when you have a cool thing, your friends or family are obviously going to say it's cool. But like there were people that I didn't know. I'm like, it's interesting. So I was like, hey, Wesley, let's let's put out another video. Like do a couple more variations of like this trick and just see what happens. And, and that one is the one I think that went kind of viral within the golf community, like golf.com or uh, pj.com. Some of these like uh, internet blogs will like post the video and it kind of blew up and we're like, all right. Uh, and at this point, 2014, are you both set on still making it to the PJ tour? Kind, me kind of, but Wesley has been a pro for two years and playing really good on the mini tours, like playing, some like shooting 65 sixes sevens every event basically that he tees it up and so he's playing good so he is but he was more like dead set where i was like i need to find money mm-hmm. like what like what am i gonna do i'm gonna caddy to try to play in this tournament i'm playing this one cheaper mini tour, tour event um to hopefully make a few bucks um, so with you being a little bit older you're mm-hmm. let's say 100 percent trying to reach on tour in 2014 were you at like 50 percent? probably 50 percent yeah uh, yeah, Wesley was up at Wesley was, Wesley was like 110, 115. <laughs> he was like, he was all in. So behind the scenes in 2014, you set up the Brian Bros mm-hmm. um, Instagram channel. Great name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Must have taken a while to set go, uh, go Brian Bro. Actually, it <laughs> kind of did. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I was taking the mic. Well, we didn't we didn't know what like cause we didn't know if it needed to be called like the trick shot boys or bros or I'm something. I didn't choose that. I'm, we like I, golf I, brothers. <laughs> I wish you would have seen some of these like renditions of like names. Um, because there's another guy that one of our buddies that were in one of these videos that went viral and we're like, well, if we you're not him, bro, <laughs> if we call him Brian bros, then like, that means we kick him out. We, and, Oh my so God. Totally so the bit of politics. I totally forgot about that. We kicked him out. Yeah. And no, we, what? no, you didn't. We called it Brian bros. That was and Patrick he Reed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need a green jacket now. Hey, hey, hey Shaw James, if you're watching this, um, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. I've not spoken to you since 2014. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've changed my number. Um, <laughs> So Brian Rose, yeah, Brian Rose Golf, 2014. No way, that's crazy. And then, and, then, and then you kind of went through like a, a crazy ride through social it, media. It was, I'm telling you, it was insane because there wasn't much golf social media. Like what we see in content golf days, like everyone just, oh, it's just part of it. The, but there wasn't really much of that going on in 2014. Like you were putting out stuff, but it wasn't like brands doing like these these videos or like yeah, having yeah. people sponsor stuff. We well, did. So, you did like a huge one with. Bose mm-hmm. had uh, headphones and yeah. speakers with, with Rory, Rory yep. McElroy, which yeah. went massive. Yeah, uh, you did obviously ones at St Andrews, mm-hmm. which we were just talking about recently. I'm sure you've, you've there's a list of other ones yeah. you did. When when this was kind of all blowing up, how did let's say Wesley or even yourself stay focused on the golf still mm-hmm. as well at the same time? Yeah, so the basically that we started this. So Dude Perfect was crushing it at the time, and we loved we love what they were doing. But they did all the sport, like all sports trick shot stuff. And there was no one doing golf trick shots. And we were like, and I was like, Wesley, like, I mean, golf, we don't, I mean, let's just put some stuff out there. Let's see what happens. There's no one in the golf world. There's like some random golf trick shots, but no one's doing it consistently. Well, there was, there's golf trick shots. Cause I've, I've seen golf trick shots for years yeah, and yeah. years and years, but more at corporate days at golf clubs over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like none of it. And they were, they were no disrespect to them. They were brilliant, yeah. but none of them were cool. Like it was quite a bit kind of, a lot of them have been doing it Often for a number silly, of years. Silly pants as well. Yeah. Like, it's kind of had like trousers. a theme, it had like a theme mm-hmm. to it where, yeah. Two young lads, two super talented young lads who kind of look really cool, probably have the cap backwards, and it's a little bit quirk, it's a little mm. bit different. Yeah. It, that, that hadn't been seen before, really. So it gets seen by non-golfers as well. Yeah, like yeah. big more. time. And so that's what, and I was like, Wesley, like, I don't know where this is going to go, but let's just, like, I, I don't, I'm not playing tournaments. You, you can keep doing your thing, but mm. let's just, like, make some videos consistently and see what happens. And it was weird because, like, you put the first two out and they kind of, kind of goes semi-viral then we have one that goes viral within the whole golf and sport world and it's get picked up by espn um and and, videos and what was that go- one can you remember that i think it was real like, viral it was like uh under the lights uh it was like on the espn homepage. i remember seeing it um and under, like, under the lights like, in what what do you mean at your that, place that, that at your the, house yeah it was uh, it was at our house but that's what we titled the video Un- brian bros golf under the lights <laughs> so you flick it up and Wesley hits it and well, then that, but, and he hits well, it and then well, i chip one <laughs> To him, and he hits it over my head. Okay. And then I drop one onto a trampoline, and he hits oh, so it. Oh, so it was a collection of tricks. Yeah. Oh, so, so it wasn't just one. Yeah. So it was like a little montage yeah. and a few. I get you. Yeah. Sorry, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um. So, yeah, so that like, it was just like a snowball effect. And at that time, then, you know, these brands would kind of like, hey, we'll send you this driver. And like, and like whoa, like, maybe we have a price. So then we have a, a buddy write an email and say, hey, for $200, mm-hmm. we'll use your club in a video or something. And then I think they were like, yeah, it sounds good. And we were like. Joe, what what just happened here? We're, it, we're professional. Uh, we're professional trick shot. And then that kind of gets the brain spin. You're like, well, if it, like let's just kind of scale this. Let's see what happens. And but that time people start reaching out, and we were like, well, we can make this an actual business, Wes. Like this can fund our golf because like mini tour golf. I mean, 
a lot of these people out there listening and they're good. It's expensive. Everyone, a lot of people know that. And, but it could cost upwards of 20, 30, $40,000 a year, just like in expenses. And so we were like, Hey, let's just try to like cover our expenses for golf, get our mini tour life paid for. And maybe like this helps us get to the next level because like having that financial freedom and teeing up in these mini tour events, like not having to worry about where money's coming from this week is massive. And so that's kind of where we always had it. we we always viewed them as a means to an end, not like, oh, let's start a brand and try to make a bunch of money. And so we had a, we kept that in the back of our minds, which allowed us to practice, to grind, to like, we'd shoot these videos, but then the other four days a week, we're, you know, playing and competing because the ultimate goal was to get on the PGA Tour. Um, and so now it didn't happen for both of us, but for Wesley, like, it, I truly believe without this, he's not on the tour because it allowed him a newlywed to have, you know, money to live and pay for, he can miss every cut on tour. Um, and still have a very and pay for all the bills, pay for the house, pay for um, whatever else, and so it freed him up mentally. Like, let's just go play golf. Like, yeah. I don't have to worry about you know paychecks. That must be a huge thing. Yeah, very lucky um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, did you ever get any like kickback from either either family members mm-hmm. or people who knew you closely that that almost from the outside looked like you were you were taking your eyes off the prize? Oh yeah, for sure, for <laughs> Look, sure. I mean, I think our dad at the onset was like, why are you doing this stupid stuff? Like, this is dumb. Now, that, that, that didn't last long. It actually switched probably, you know, a few months in or six months in. But, like, he he had those, like, reservations. Uh, let's, let's, let's lay it back. But, yeah, the friends for sure. Like, people in the industry like, hey, why don't you, instead of go traveling to Savannah or traveling to Atlanta, do this video. Like, go practice your golf game. You don't need to, like, stop doing the stupid trick shots. I think in furnace those people, though, like, is he, now that sounds ridiculous because, one, you're successful. Your brother's successful. And, two... Social media and YouTube so much more established. If you go back to like 2014, 2015, we didn't know what it could do. I, I got a lot of, I yeah. got a lot of like, why are you making these stupid videos? Like, I got a lot of peers, other other golf professionals, going, why are you giving all these free tips away? Why are you making these videos? Why are you wasting your time? And at the time, I, I didn't really know why. I, I had a, a an agenda to get busy as a golf coach, but mm-hmm. I never saw yeah. it. I never had a why really. I enjoyed it and I kind of did it. Where like for yourselves, I must admit. Even me, I, I I got to meet you quite early on. We kind of obviously hooked up in like 2015, I think we were saying before in Orlando. But even me looking from the outside probably thought they probably should be practicing a bit more. Yeah, Do you know right? what I mean? Like, Because yeah. Yeah, if they're trying to make it on tour, but obviously what you don't see behind the scenes and what you wouldn't have filmed every single bit of, as you mentioned, it probably only took you a smaller period of time of, you, of your whole week to create a bunch of these tricks because you were pretty good at it. Yeah. It didn't take you long. And then, boom, you can practice again and, Correct. like I say, fund and whatever it would be. Correct. That's crazy. So, fast forward a little bit. 2014, we hooked up in 2015 at the yeah. show. Do you remember what happened when we hooked up? We, uh, I think, <laughs> one of us broke a golf club or something or hit, either was it you or Pete or me or uh, me and my golf guys. Some we Something happened. I think we, was it you? <laughs> I lost the driver. Yes. You lost the driver. <laughs> yeah. So we were at Orange County Golf Club. Uh-huh. Uh, it was Orlando Golf Show. And we'd done a video earlier in the day, you, me, um, Pete, and your brother. Yeah. And we did like a trick shot kind of like funny match or whatever yeah. it was. It was quite fun at the time. Yeah. And then later on, me and my golf joined us, or it might have been the day after. And we were doing some trick shots on one of the holes. And these these lads would just do it like ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was stupid. I know you're known as kind of the setup guy, but you can whack it out of the air as well, can't you? I mean, I can, but not very well. I'm the, not I as, legitimately this. I'm the I'm the setup guy. Like I'm just not as frequent as yeah. Wesley because he he can do it. Oh yeah, he, every time. 
it was. I mean, it really was ridiculous to watch. Like the late, the the longer or the later uh, we got doing it, or the, the further on after we started in 2014, like 2015, like when he were kind of grooving, it got like silly. He'd be hitting these fades and draws and like working it out of midair. And if, sure. like I say, if you've not seen this before as well, so um, George with his brother would George would kind of flick it up and do some tricks or yeah. hit it against a, a slab. A yeah. Like a, a bank or hit it off a roof or over somebody's head, over Rory's head. Yeah. Oh no, Rory, it was over Rory, Rory's head. Yeah, wasn't Rory it? flopped it over me. That was right. Yeah. Rory flopped it over over George, and then Wesley, as the ball is in flight, it's not going to hit the ground. He absolutely smokes it with his driver out of midair, yep. and like I say, hits all these different types of shots as well as he got better. So we were on the 18th hole at, at Orange County and we were trying these shots and we were trying to set it up and this, that, and the other. And uh, I think Pete was flicking it up to me and you guys were all going, you need to swing what feels closer to you. Yeah. Because that's the big thing. You need to swing closer to you. I'm like, okay, okay, I've got this. <laughs> flicks it up. Pete flicks it up. I'm going, I'm going to absolutely smash this. I'm going to absolutely, I'm going to show these Brian bros. Yeah. So Rick, Manchester Rick Power. Shields is in the house, we right? We saw it. It's coming. This ball's in midair. I'm like, I'm going to crush this. I've got my brand new Ping G30 driver. And I, and I apps, and it hadn't been released. This driver hadn't even been released in the public yet. This was like pre-embargo. And I go to swipe it. And I, and I hear connection. I'm like, I've, I've made it. I go into my follow through. The club feels a bit lighter. <laughs> As I see the club head and majority of the shaft, probably a good quarter of the shaft, go flying off into the six-foot reeds by this water. Oh. Not Patrick Reed. Reeds, <laughs> like water reeds. Never to be found again. That, yep. dri that driver might still be there right now. And it was, hadn't even been pre-released. It was ridiculous. Yep. Um, and ever since, I always think to myself, I'm going to practice it. I just can't do it. It's so it's difficult hard. to I try really, and hit a ball. I really, really can't do it. It's like, so hard. I really struggle with it. And they, they got all these now young lads, all the bloody good, good lads, yeah. be able to do it. And just GM golf. And silly. He's super, he can, him, Wesley, uh, hole-in-one trick shots, Josh Kelly. I'll still put Wesley like mid, like, when Wesley's at his peak, I'll put him up against anyone. But Josh Kelly, it's impressive what he can do. And same with Garrett. Like, their hands are just insane. And then Josh, like, he's been doing it for a while. And Rusty, Coach yeah, Rusty. I haven't seen him hit drivers much out of midair, uh, but um, but he's way better than I, and he's super good um, as but, well. But you you kind of – I felt like you guys – What was Sorry, that? Matt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just a, a pop in the studio. Um I feel like you guys though really did start this kind of like wave of like of, of new trick shot talent. Like say Garrett from Good Good, Jim Golf, like say Coach Rusty, yep. Holding One's trick shots. They mm -hmm. came all after you, didn't they? Yeah, it was right. They were thank goodness they weren't like before us because they were all <laughs> they were all better. They were honestly way more talented. Like Coach Rusty, what he could do was way more like way more talent than what Wesley and I had. Because they they did sport, spend more time, yes, but like they would have blown us out of the water like content wise but we had what well, we thought was like hey we're two brothers we're both professionals we have this kind of like backstory um whatever but no we kind of started and they'd it's kind of cool that we were kind of the front end of that that allowed people to kind of like make golf content and like put this crazy stuff on the internet people to enjoy it that's what's unique for me though is the fact that like you see it in soccer and football people like can do really cool tricks mm. and they're obviously decent players but they're not like actually good good players but the fact that you guys are doing these tricks but actually very good golfers. I think that adds a bit more to it, yeah, a bit more interest. Bit more prestige. They, have any of those guys said they were inspired by you? I think they really all did, which is still, it's, it really is crazy to think, like, that we, two kids from, like, small town South Carolina, actually people would watch and 
and they're still and those guys are doing content because of kind of the videos. Not maybe not directly because of it. They saw like, hey, if they can do it, like yeah, there was an opening. Yeah, and so I, yeah, Coach Rusty, uh, Josh, but they were like, yeah, we watch your stuff, and we were like, you kind of were. Oh geez, yeah, which is like it's wild, it's crazy. <laughs> but otherwise, the other thing as well, they probably where you spent maybe I don't know the percentage, five percent mm. of your time making these trick shot videos because you wanted ninety five percent of your time trying to become a tour pro. Pro, mm. they probably went well. Actually, we can just spend a hundred ta- percent of our time becoming a trick shot artist. Yeah, that's what they, they were. They weren't really trying to become tour pros. I, I don't believe anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I that's, that's correct. Briefly, yeah. that's why they were. It, that's why they. they would absolutely dominate us, dominate us in like a uh, difficulty, cool like trick shot. Like we just didn't have the time um, or desire to like work on it hard. But they, yeah, they were they were really good. The last topic on this kind of Brian, what was the coolest thing you did in that period of time when it was going kind of social media and the Brian Bros brand was kind of blowing yeah. up? What was the number one thing you you did that you thought, wow, that was amazing? I mean, it had to be Rory. Like he was the number one player in the world at the time, and we convinced Bose. Like we pitched him this crazy idea of like, hey, Rory's one of your guys. Like, we have this idea that won't take long. We pitch it to him, and they got back to us and were like, I think we've got 30 minutes during one of his uh, media days at Whistling Straits. Can y'all get there? <laughs> and we were like, yes, we can. No um, way. And so it was just like, at the time, it was, you know, the 2015. It was shot really well as well, I remember. Yeah, it was a cool video, but, like, it was that, we like, you're letting a trick shot, uh, two trick shot guys film a video and content with the number one player in the world. Like, it was kind of like wow what are they doing but like it, that's t- t- it'll probably it'll probably go down as one of the best days like content wise because we meet rory number one player in the world and he was asking oh you know you guys play like asking us about our lives and we're like should like this is really cool because yeah, we're like, playing we're gonna be trying to beat you soon <laughs> yeah um so and so that was that's just gonna go down as like an all-timer because awesome just awesome guy like made us feel welcome and like what he actually genuinely was like intrigued and like oh this is really fun and cool what you guys are doing like you also, were you both on Big Break? Mm-hmm. Yep. Golf Channel show, Big Break. Not very long, but yes, we were, uh, we, that twelve. You were both not on it for very long. No, we got knocked out back-to-back episodes. No way. Thanks for coming. So what year was that then? 2015. So, do you think, this, sorry, do you think the social media got you in that as well? I think a little, we knew some people within the, like, that helped out the show, but I think the social media, it was right as it was coming along, uh, our brothers, I think that's what, the reason they wanted us, uh, for sure, on the show. Without missing out too much of the story then, we've gone from 2015 where it's still kind of in its infancy. Mm-hmm. You've obviously filmed with Rory. 2017, your brother wins on the PJ Tour. That feels like quite a short space of time. It, it's how insane. did you get to that level? It's insane. And what, how? <laughs> it, I mean, it really, like when you think about it, just from like, if you take a 30,000 foot view and look at like Wesley's career, my career, it's like he went from, a, no one knew who he was in the professional world. Like they, everyone knew he had a good, he had a good amateur college career. So whatever. Um, but then, like, we're doing the trick shot stuff, so everyone kind of forgets about his golf mm-hmm. game. Even, like, when he's playing well and winning many tour events, no one really, like, knows about it. Uh, but he gets his Q, or he gets his Corn Ferry Tour card through Q School in 2015. And so I think that opens eyes, like, oh, wow, so he can play and not just do trick shots. Mm-hmm. He wins in his, like, third event on the Corn Ferry Tour um, and then wins again, like, two events later. Basically locks up his card in five events. Because is it... Do you win three? If, it, if win you three. win three times, you automatically yeah. get onto the PGA Tour. Yeah, and then wow. and then the, then like two months later, he wins for the third time. He won three times in like ten events or eleven events. Get goosebumps just thinking about it. It's ridiculous. Um, and where were you at this point? I was caddy. I caddied for him the first event or for it, up until his first win. No, I, I mean I caddied half the year basically. I've caddied ten events, eleven events. But I would you know do some qualifiers and he'd have some buddies fill in or so, someone fill in if I couldn't be there. 
Um, and then his third win, he was like, hey, George, by the end of summer, you're not caddying for me because you, you need to go work on your golf game. I was like, fine. Um, <laughs> if I want to do, do Q school, like that, I, I get it. So that the my last week, or I thought was my last week, he actually was like, hey, you're not on the bag this week. I'm getting my guy that's going to go with me on the tour. And then he won his third time with that guy like late wow. summer um, and went to the tour. So you literally win, then you've got your PJ yeah. Tour card straight yeah. away. And is the money good on Corn Ferry, like if you're winning? If you're winning, yes. But like if you're like, like a $20,000 or something for winning. Though. So winning Corn Ferry, he made like 500 grand that year. Oh, wow. So that's because, good. good then. But if you're one of the guys that are just barely keeping your card, I think it's about 80, 90 grand you're going to win. But with expenses, you're not. You're yeah. negative. Yeah. And this is, yeah, you're, this is right below the PJ Tour. So unless you're in the top 20, 30, you're. Not, you're just like making okay money and mm. basically paying for expenses and, and living. But yeah, then fast forward 2017, like eight months later, he wins on the PJ Tour. So he, in like a tw- 13 month span, he went from zero or 8,000 in the world to like 37th in the world. Yeah, I was just looking then. 30, after that event, obviously, you know, he gets to 37 in the world. And he was playing in That's the insane. Masters, yeah. the Open. He's playing all four majors. Yeah, like, four. It, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, does he get to play in the uh, RBC Heritage forever? He'll, yeah, he'll get a sponsor just because, A, he's past champion, but he being the first South Carolinian to ever win it, he's going to get into that tournament as long as he's playing pro golf. Um, which, I mean, but it's, I mean, it's still crazy that, like, he's got a PG, he, like, he's not playing that well this year. It happens. Um, but he has his PJ Tour card for his, the sixth straight year. I mean. And he still, is there any risk of him losing at any point? This or? year, yes. Uh, but he'll still have past champion status for, and what does that actually get you then, past champion status? Uh, the the longer you get from your win, not a whole lot. But like next year, if he loses his car this year, he'll probably get in five events on that past champion yeah, status. And if you do well in a yeah. couple, in a couple sponsor exemptions. So that, that must be obviously we said at the start of the conversation about for, you know everyone wants to be a player. Unfortunately for most of us, that doesn't happen, and we mm-hmm. go on to work in golf. Ideally, that's the next best thing. But you've kind of got the next next best thing. You've literally got your brother, who yeah. I'm guessing you're so close with has actually got on the PJ Tour and yeah. won. That must feel so good for you. You're yeah. so proud. It was cool because, I mean, I was playing Latin America at the time, PJ Tour Latin America, and I was on a I was on a plane heading to Argentina, like, as he was kind of, like, about to win. And I'm like, or I was about to go to the airport. I'm like, Wesley, or I was like, do I go, like, do mm, I, I change go down? my flight. Yeah, and I, t- I called Wesley basically on the way to the airport. He, he FaceTimed me from the top of the, uh, um, of the lighthouse, and I was like, do I pull out of this tournament? Do I do I need to come and like do we need to do like do we need to celebrate this? Do we need to like post some videos or he's like, dude, go play? I'm like, okay, fine. But no, it was but it was really cool because you know we've you know been brothers obviously our whole life, been best friends. But then doing the whole you know Brian Bros thing together, we formed this bond of like working and then to like see him win and it really was one of the coolest things ever to like to the fact that he actually did it. It's amazing. Well, I, genuinely, I know we've only met up a few times, and it has been a handful of times. Really, I remember watching that and, and feeling like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. he's win- he's actually winning it. Yeah. So for, yeah. for the feelings of you, like watching it, and it, yeah. and I suppose as well, I think there was a real strong tidal wave of love because I do genuinely believe, and I, I see it on my channel when you've got a social media channel, mm-hmm. you've got support, mm-hmm. they feel connected to you. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's a level of connection that goes far beyond a connection between me and me and a tour pro that I don't really yeah. know a lot about. Yeah. Like when it's social media and, and there's this this relationship has been forged, I feel like there's so much outrageous support that really kind of pushes you through almost. Yeah. It, I bet you saw a 
an outre- uh, you know so much so much love it's really cool i mean you you, you see it um, on a much bigger scale than i but like it's re- it really is cool that um kind of what you know you know fast forward to like kind of what i'm doing now and the the community that we're trying to build is like we want to build a golf community that's not like fans they're not like fans and people support like it's like we want to build friends and community that we love golf and it's yes i'm and it's centered around our videos yes like we can chat with each other in the comment section. We can ask, "Hey, how's your, how's your day?" You know, build that connection that we can just—it's all built on golf, and it really is. I mean, it's it's insane to me. Like even just at the Open Qualifier, yes, I had you know, 10, 12 people out there watching, all from just me posting videos, and like right, I got so. I got to meet each one, talk to them, learn about them, and it's cool for me to like just talk and get to know different people um, because like they're supporting me, they're sending me encouraging messages, which in our profession, like it's a very ninety-eight percent of the time you're getting beaten up in golf. Yeah. And so it's cool to have people saying, Hey man, uh, think about you, uh, play well, uh, good luck. Or then if you don't play well, Hey man, still root for you. And so it's yeah, really yeah. cool, um, to have that because golf can get very lonely at times. And, Cal? um, yeah, it, it really is. Um, one of the, the coolest things about this whole social media is the kind of community that you build and like the friends, I mean, it's kind of where we are just friends kind of doing this. So it probably moved quite nicely to the kind of next chapter of, of your life at the moment where, are you classing? You're obviously still a golf professional. Golf, oh yeah. Are you still have any ambitions to be on the PJ Tour? I'd say I have a dream to play in a PJ Tour event. Yes, um, like that's why I'm doing this Open Qualifier. Um, so I'm over here, the US Open Qualifier that I did. I have these dreams to like to make it into a tournament. Just see what my game would be like. On like a big, a tournament, big tournament, an Open, a US Open, or or a some. You know, I don't know how you'd get into another PJ yep. Tour event. Sponsor exemption or just qualify, but like I. Right now where I'm at, I have almost zero desire to, like, chase it like Wesley does um, because what people don't see is, like, you're traveling 20, 30, 40 weeks a year. Um, you're, pra- like, it's now, again, playing golf for a living is amazing. Like, that being work, it doesn't matter how much you're traveling. That's still, like, that's a great job. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if I want to, like, I have a one-year-old. I want to spend time with her, raise a family, and, like, have her see me around, get her going to school in her – in a, in a school, getting yeah, her friends. You don't miss and not, a assembly. You don't yeah. miss a Christmas carol that she does or whatever yeah. it may be. So yeah, you get and just, to see all yeah. that. Yeah, and so, like, I want to do that. And, like, this golf kind of thing that I'm doing now allows me to do that. Now, I'll still travel. Like, I'm over here for two weeks. Um, I'll have random trips throughout. Um, but it allows me to, like, spend time with my wife, uh, raise a daughter in a way that I kind of want to do it. And so, like, that's taking precedent, not me you know, wanting to play on the PJ Tour, which is kind of crazy to think because my whole life I thought I had to be on the PJ Tour to be validated. But now it's like, I don't I don't want to do that. Like, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So would you class yourself now if somebody if somebody asked you, not met you before, hi, what's your name, George, what do you do for a living? What's your response now? Uh, make YouTube videos. All Great right. content, yeah. Um, with, so like, Golf Pro is like my side hustle now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I play in, you know, five or six, I think we are talking about it, um, before is like I play in five or six tournaments a year just because I want to compete. I want to play really well um, in tournaments and like kind of prove to myself that I still have some game. Um, and because I'm, I'm a competitive person, but like I enjoy more now creating fun videos and playing golf and kind of making a video, putting it on the internet and just like doing the whole content thing again. It's nice. just I'm able to make fun videos, but also able to help people get better at golf. Of course. Ultimately, I have a passion, much like yourself. I want to get. I like helping people uh, get better, and this probably got that from your dad. Yeah, I guess. and a hundred percent. So, like, it's cool that I can do this on this platform. Me and because we- Wesley has a wealth of knowledge, I have a background in golf. My dad, and so like, I want to use what we have to like 
kind of give back. But also, if people want to just watch videos to, you know, see two two brothers kind of compete um, and not learn anything, they they can do that too. Obviously, with the channel, Len, you've done it together from the start. Mm-hmm. How, and, and obviously, um, Wesley's still on the channel mm-hmm. now. Does does he still have that passion to, to feature on it? Or is that something where it's more you call in a favor in his free time? If he's yeah. playing golf competitively, he's traveling a lot, does he still actually enjoy getting on camera? Or is that something that he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't like doing? Or Yeah, it's... It's probably, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of fun peeling back the, uh, the layers a little bit because, you know, it was great 2014, 15, 16, like we're like traveling you around together. Yeah. It's yeah. like, amazing. Well, he gets his corn ferry tour car and he's like, ah, we got, you know, yeah, I got to focus on golf, which again, that's, I knew that was the case, but then he gets on the PJ tour and it's like, he didn't want anything to do with the kind of social media, which again, that's not his job. Like our whole goal with Brian Rose was to get to a place to where we get on the PJ tour. Well, it just only one of us got there, and that left me like, well, what, the heck do I, what, what do I do? Um, was that more because it was a distraction for him? What was yeah, too much time and both? And I yeah. think, and he just didn't want to do it. But then, I suppose again, there's no, there's no real history of of PJ Tour pros kind of being able to have a successful social platform, yeah. and he could no. have been the first. Yeah, you know, and he still prob- he probably is, is really. I mean, I'll say Bryson's doing it now. Bryson's like, his post, though, isn't it? Like. With yours, it was before the success. Yeah. Um, but now, fast forward, like, so 2017, 18, 19, it's kind of weird. I didn't, like, didn't know what to do because I'd be like, hey. You didn't you post want... as much back then, did you? No, because I was trying to focus on, like, my playing. And um, but I just kind of kept it alive because I knew one day, like, you never know. Like, I'll just post here and there just so that the channel doesn't die. Um, well, then 2020 comes, and I'm kind of getting back. I've, like, two, three videos in. And Wesley calls me up. He's like, Oh, so you're making videos. You don't want me on the channel anymore, huh? I'm like, <laughs> you've been gone three. Like, what does this mean? But what that meant, like he's had, he's had, I think at the time he'd had a daughter. His heart's a little softer. Um, and he, at the root, I think he just wanted to help me out because he knew this was like my job now. Yeah. Um, but that kind of sparked something in him. Uh, it was cool because he hadn't made that comment before. I was like, this, this is different. And since then he's like, now when he's, practicing for tournaments so there'll be times where he tells me like hey i, I gotta grind but yeah. like he he wants to do this again which is cool because like he doesn't have to um so that tells me that he wants to like have that balance again where it's not just grinding he wants to have fun make some fun videos now it, he knows it helps me out more than it helps him but at the same time he sees the value in it um and he's good for his brand though yeah, as well but he also enjoys being on camera and, and filming these videos again so it's cool that he's you know come full circle kind of back to how we started but he's He's involved in the channel. If he, like now, he will say like, "Hey, man, I can't do it this week." But it's not like it's not a an ask anymore. It's more like he gets mad when I don't ask him sometimes, and I'm like, "Dude, this is." Is he heck? taking it? Is it? Is it helped him a little bit seeing the guys at Bryson doing it? Is that kind of giving a bit of a nudge? To think actually, I can balance this. The pip, the pip money. Yeah, yeah I, don't, money. I don't. I really don't know. I think it genuinely like it's. I knew he enjoyed like the reason he played so well because he had something to take his mind off golf, and it, and he really did enjoy the trick shots and the stuff back in the day. And I think he just enjoys, A, spending time with me because um, we don't get to do it much. So when we film videos, like, we naturally have to be together. Um, but I think he just enjoys it. He enjoys that, like, on-camera banter. And, like, you know, we have a couple of other characters that come on that just, like, this – this what comes out on YouTube is just, like, a lot of fun for him. So, like, it's cool to see because, as again, he doesn't have to. It's just fun because I know how important it is. And, like, actually, if he – not goes all in on content, but, like, it'll help his golf game yeah. um, if he just – 
relax a little bit, just film some more videos, like take his mind off you know the grind. He's very dry as well, isn't he, with his sense of yeah. humor? Yeah, kind of. yeah, people love that too. And yeah. he's very mean to me, but that's as a brother, like it's fun because like everyone's like, oh, Wesley's the worst. Like, he's so mean. And A, his response is like, well, someone's got to be the villain on the channel. But B, <laughs> like, that's just how, like, brothers. That's how he is, yeah. yeah. it's just fun. I mean, I I like it. It's an interesting question. When when he's out on the PJ Tour, and I'm sure you've obviously been around and spectated mm. and maybe even caddied, let's say it's him playing in a group with another player of similar stature world ranking-wise. Mm. Does Wesley get more support from fans because of the social media and the channel? Do you feel like he's got more of a, of a social presence and, and more support because of that? For sure, yeah. It's, it, that's one of the and that, that's that was one of my talking points that I always try to, like, hey man, like I'm I'm help I can help you out too and, uh, like whatever. But like it is fascinating because you know if he's 800 in the world, like he's gonna get just as much like love and support from people at a tournament. And, like want people want to come watch and like talk to an 800th or whatever he is 500 in the world versus someone that is probably like 80th in the world. Yeah, some guy that's having a really good career, good year. Top seventy-five on the PJ Tour, which is very good, mm-hmm. but like they would probably rather watch and hang out and see and talk to Wesley, someone who's, I mean, one hundred ninety-fifth because of the videos. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool because like it just shows you that you don't have to, like, be and play like great golf to to make a difference. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's no, me over here. But it's true. Like yes. if I if I played in a tour event. I'd like to think if I proper advertised it, we'd get, or even just promoted it, I'd probably get, I'd be confident I'd have one of the strongest support in the tournament. If you look at like followers on Instagram, yeah. not met, obviously there is tour pros with more followers than you. I know it's not all about followers, but there's not loads and loads. But I like, feel like we'd probably have one of the biggest kind of fo- groups following almost really. And that obviously comes yeah, from social it's media. It's definitely true because obviously I'm completely aware of who your brother is and who you are and yeah. stuff. And I've done it for years. And you know, there's there's obviously a lot of other guys who have won on, once or twice on the PJ Tour, which is obviously an incredible achievement. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't maybe know them in the street or oh, wouldn't yeah. even know the name and leaderboard. You sometimes see, and it's, ba- it's bad on my part, you'll see a golf and they'll say, oh yeah, such a buddy's 200 today. You know, he's already won once. And I'll go, I don't know who he is. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And like, that obviously you, people know who your brother is and yourself. So it, it definitely has helped. When, um, at the moment, I think it's a good opportunity. Kind of plug your YouTube channel now. Like, and, and would you class it as your YouTube channel or do you class it as you and your brother's YouTube channel? Um, and, and give give the audience a bit of an insight of what you actually create on there. Yeah, so it's, I'd say I'll, people, what's as, it's, hey, George, that's your channel. You do all the work. Like, it's, if some, like if you watch your videos, you're the face of them. I'm like, yes, but it's our story. It's our channel. Like, we started in 2014. And, like, the story, like, Brian Bros Golf, I think is as compelling as it is because it's ours. It's two brothers trying to be, make it to the PJ Tour, or were. Now we have one brother on the PJ Tour and one just professional golfer making fun videos, um, whatever. So it's ours. Um, but yeah, you'll find uh, fun kind of golf vloggy, like just me playing eighteen holes or nine holes. You'll ha- you'll see me playing matches against Wesley. Uh, me and Wesley playing a couple other pros. That um, shout out Cardboard and Will Miles. Um, just two other characters that we have on the channel. They're both high-level pro golfers. Um, and so we lo- we have a lot of those kind of matches against each other on the channel. But also, I play tournaments. Um, and so we'll I'll go to these little one-day mini-tour events, film it, um, kind of because I do – I want to play pro golf still. It'll, like, not a high level, but, like, I want to compete. I want to yeah. see, like, see what I can do. And so, like, I'll film those videos. So there'll be some tournament vlogs. And then I'll also follow Wesley Long 
um, a handful of times a year and kind of give an inside the ropes look of like what his you know practice rounds look like, what his what a tournament golf round looks like from outside the ropes from my perspective. And then, you know, practice rounds, I can get inside the ropes and do some cool things. So it's really... And a bit of coaching on there as well? Um, There'll be some, like... Little tips. I, I, I want to do it because I have a passion for it, and my my dad's great at it. I'm decent at it, but not, like... I couldn't do a video like you and and put out a solid coaching video yet. Uh, but I want to because I want to help golfers. And, and there'll be some more... The coaching that I do is more, like, in a golf... In a, in a kind of a golf vlog where I just say, hey... At 185 to a back left pin and didn't love the yardage, so I played it to the front right of green. So it's more like strategy, like, hey, watch kind of what me and Wesley do. And this is maybe you almost can- like more on course management. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And and you've also got the advantage if you've got the, the wealth of knowledge to lean on with Wesley, mm-hmm. like get right. him on the channel and say, Okay, yeah, you've just played Augusta or you just played whoever. How how did you play the greens? Yeah. What was your tip on really fast greens or something? And and yeah. it's and it's got that instant authenticity and that that validation because it's coming from him really um we had a conversation a few months ago if you remember on the phone Mm -hmm. and also i saw wesley recently talk about it you've got a slight nightmare haven't you you have you have a little bit of a of an issue when making videos am i right what the the intros i believe the intros aren't quite as uh as easy for you they've gotten better okay (laughs) they've gotten better (laughs) explain it uh so I was never the best on camera. I was always, Wesley was very, even all through life, he's been just more, like his personality, that's just who he's going to be. He's going to be same off camera, on camera. doesn't matter if you stick a camera in his face, he's going to be who he is. Me, I would always struggle with trying to like think and talk at the same time. I'd be like, okay, I got to get this perfect word out. at the t- Like, what am I trying to say? And then I start thinking about it and just kind of like, uh, okay, we got to start over. And so that was kind of my, actually what I did all the, the whole, all the time. And so we get the channel started back and, you know, me trying to do intros again, it's just like, oh gosh, the night, it, it came back. Like I hadn't had to do this in so long. And so like, Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. Oh, and Wesley, <laughs> what, George, just come on. I've just heard, I'm like, Wesley, it's, it's fine. I'm coming. No, but, I've got, I'm teeing off in, yeah. in, in Canadian open 10 minutes, mate. Come on, yeah. I need to go. So no, it's something that I've, that I definitely struggle with, but the more you do videos, the more comfortable you get, the more you realize like you don't have to have it perfect. Like, and so once I realized that, I'm like, okay, just if I stumble here, who cares? Like, just, just be more natural, be who you are. Um, and no, I have gotten better, but it's, I mean, like, you know, it gets, in, it's intimidating sometimes. Um, guys see me do many, you know, by the way, you're not the only one. Guys see me do many, 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 many intros. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get it wrong and stop. And, and sometimes I've nailed it. I go, that was really good. I look at Guy and he goes, oh, you missed this, this, and this off. I'm like, oh, great. Wow. <laughs> I'll do yeah. it again. Yeah. That must be it, though. It's like, it's the, the thinking in your head. Like, if you went into a, I do it myself. If I go into a shop and I've got like a faulty item, because I'm planning what I'm going to say, I walk in, I start fumbling. <laughs> but then if you just answer the phone to like your wife or a friend, or if I answer the phone to Rick, you just talk normally with no yeah. thought and it flows off yeah, great. You just talk. Yeah. yeah. No, but anyway, I think you're doing a great job. Yes. And, sure. uh, um, obviously, open qualifying didn't quite go your way yesterday, but I'm looking forward to seeing the video. Um, I highly want to watch and recommend, even though I've not watched it yet, I've heard great feedback about the open video that they did about you, which yeah. would have been pretty cool. So Appreciate I want to check it. that out. Um, they can follow you still on Brian Bros. Yeah, Brian Bros. Golf at, you know, on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, so yeah, it's been, uh, and been fun. It's a shame I've got an injured foot because I'd love to have a bit of a game with you this week. But maybe you don't want to get beat. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, oh, no, I'm playing pretty. I'm not playing all right. I'm You're playing, playing better. I'm playing better recently. Um, maybe I can come out to the ranch. I mean, you, you if you come over to South Carolina, you're. I'll make a road trip and I'll come get you. We'll we'll take you. We'll give you a tour of the uh, 
the facility and, and all of its uh, the splendor for sure. And can you get me on Augusta? Yeah. I mean, Wesley could, Wesley couldn't even get me on Augusta, and he played in the tournament. I'm still bitter about that. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I was. I mean, I've played. Now, luckily, I have played a couple of times with, with my dad. But like, I thought. I was like, hey, he qualified for the matches. I know what that means. Like, I know that he, like, every player can kind of get one person, you know, playing or a couple times. And he didn't. I, it, he he was, couldn't or he no, didn't. he did He could He said, he was like, well, you know, it, it's different this year and it being my first time. And I'm like, you're one job. Come on. Now, that would have been a good vlog. Yeah. If you could have filmed hey, that. My dad actually, so, vlogged the entire, we in 20, like, five, 2005 or four, whenever we played. He vlogged the entire thing. We have the VHS on my played camera. Played what? Who played? Augusta National. Me, my dad, and Wesley. You play, you've, you've already played Augusta National. Uh-huh. All right. Twice, you say. He, uh, well, I saw, I've seen the video footage. A camcorder. Him filming every hole. And you, you should how get old? that on the you channel somehow. Young. Yeah, I was 14. You definitely need to convert that into a YouTube video. That would be thought, so I thought about it. I mean, I'm telling you. And, that, and like he's doing comments. Don't think about it. Do it. He's commentating on it. He's like, oh, that's going in the water. Even if you sit there and react, even if you react to it, even your brother reacting to you playing Augusta, that would be sick. I mean, it, but I think we'd get banned. Like, I feel like if we were to do that, we get blacklisted from Augusta forever, don't yeah, we? You'll get loads of ad revenue off YouTube, so you can just retire and sail up into the sunset. Oh, I think they'd be fine with it. <laughs> Say Rick Shields said to do it. <laughs> that, that yeah, that. yeah. Anyway, yeah, fun, do, fun little side note. Do, do what I can't. What's to say now? Rather than ask for permission. Beg for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. maybe, I mean, maybe, situation maybe next year we might have to might have to think about this. Yeah, we have the footage. That's awesome. That's so good. That right. was really fun. I enjoyed. That. Thank yeah, you, no, George. I know, sir. Thank you, guys, for uh, being hospitable and kind of letting me see the uh, place, having me on the podcast. I do appreciate it. It's been fun to watch it. So it's been fun to, uh, to kind of be a part of it. Awesome. We'll keep it up, buddy. Yep. And uh, look forward so to whatever you do next. And make sure you subscribe. How many subscribers are you on now? I think one hundred forty-three thousand. Oh, one fifty. One hundred fifty for the one fifty open. Let's do it. Get to 150. Hey. Hey. <laughs> right. Thanks, George. I'll catch you Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.